to another episode of Cultivate and Keep. I'm Corey, and we got Jeremy, and today we also have with us Phil Ortiz, who we'll get to here in a second. But just wanted to say thanks for listening. I want to give a quick shout out to our Patreon supporters, um, and uh, we're excited to do more stuff like this. So in the next couple of weeks, we're going to be interviewing more uh, men of God, people to look up to, people to learn from, and so look out for that. Um, but otherwise, we're going to hand it over to Jeremy to get us started. Yeah, um, we were just talking about how we have a uh, pretty big goal to get some some big names on here one day. I think we talked about Tim Tebow and uh, LT. That's right. It's going to happen, guys. So this is not guys. one of those days. So we're starting <laughs> with, uh, lo and behold, Phil Ortiz. Um, <laughs> I've just known, as great. Yeah, I've known Phil for a while. He's, uh, let's see, probably when I was in sixth grade when he was crushing on my sister, I think. It's probably when it happened. Ooh. That did happen. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> now, I've known him for a while, though, and he's um, got a lot going on in his life, and so we wanted to have him on the show and just ha- ask him some questions and talk to him. So welcome aboard, Phil. Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, yeah man. Um, well, tell us briefly about yourself and who kind of who you are and what you're doing right now and, and yeah, and how you made it on the Cultivate and Keep podcast. Right? Yeah. So um, I guess my reputation precedes me. <laughs> um, Phil Ortiz, born and raised in East San Diego. And um, right now I am in a uh, election season to run for city council uh, for the city of El Cajon. Uh, it is in March of 2019 and uh, the election is in 2020. So um, I have uh, braved the uncharted territory of running for office. Um, <laughs> I'm not old enough to run for president yet, but uh, still going for it. And you'll get there one day, just yeah. like we will with getting Tim Tebow on here. <laughs> exactly. We're going to have Tim Tebow on and then you're going to be president. Baby and steps. And then we'll have you back on. Incrementalism. <laughs> yeah. But I'll be too busy for you guys at okay. that point. Okay. So. Remember this day. We put you on the map. Okay? It's true. That's right. yeah. 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 Your viewership <laughs> is my votership. So it exactly. crosses paths. Yeah. Um. <laughs> so, yeah. So uh, running, I'm running for city council. Uh, I'm currently a planning commissioner for the city of El Cajon. I was appointed a couple months ago, um, and uh, yeah, all around just trying to improve and advance, improve my community, advance the kingdom of God, uh, making sure we have strong Christian leadership in our community, mm-hmm. um, not only to make good decisions, but to be that leadership role um, within our communities, and um, there's a lot of oppression for conservatives and Christians in California. And um, uh, we need to engage just like any other um, ministry or community that needs engagement from Hmm. Christians. And this is my ministry. Um, This is my calling. And um, we're we're, we're moving forward. Yeah. Love it. And um, we'll get to more of that later. But let's just start with kind of learning a bit about what makes Phil like how did you grow up your family how did you find the Lord yeah um, kind of start with you know from the wee young Phil well this will only take about three hours <laughs> so I don't know how long this podcast let's do the uh, yeah. two minute version two minute version <laughs> yeah. great um, so like I said I grew up in uh, East San Diego um, uh, grew up Catholic so I knew hmm. of the Lord but I didn't know the Lord I knew God, I knew about God but I didn't know God um, that's some Christianese that I didn't understand until I was saved. Um, but I, uh, you know, went through high school, r- random kid, partied. Um, the father was present but absent. Um, then went to college, joined a fraternity, um, and did everything that fraternity guys do. Um, and, uh, graduated, um, 
by the skin of my teeth. <laughs> um, but uh, flying seas, right? <laughs> yeah, flying seas get degrees. Um, <laughs> but uh, no, I did it a little better than that. Um, but uh, I ended up getting saved my senior year of college. Uh, my best friend in college uh, died abruptly. Uh, he had type one diabetes. And he died due to complications of that. It was an accident. <clears throat> um, he fell. He fell down some stairs, hit his head, went into diabetic shock. He was home alone. He passed away. He was twenty-four. Oh my gosh. I was twenty-one, and so that hit me very hard. I was depressed. Uh, I'd be. I was a lifeguard at the time. I mean, just crying on the lifeguard stand. You know, uh, I didn't make any outgoing calls for like six to eight months. Jeez, uh, wow. Drinking, popping pills, just depressing after depressant. <laughs> And God revealed himself um, in my pain <clears throat> and pulled me out of that dramatically. Um, actually, with the book Wild at Heart, he, he yeah, gave me that book. Um, and really? an it all goes way. back to Wild at Heart. That's pretty crazy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's not perfect, but I mean, that was sort of part of the genesis for us, too. Yeah. I don't know uh, if you were aware it was Wild at Heart. Um, in sort of me getting married last year. Yep. And then uh, actually my uncle had given it to me to read before I got married. Um, I didn't end up reading it before I got married, but then after getting married, started having like a, a crisis of identity and overwhelm of like, shoot, I'm a husband now, like I'm a man now, like I'm providing, we're living, you know, I'm not just like living with my parents anymore. And so I turned to that book for sort of that guidance of like, well, what does it mean to be a man as God designed one to be? Um, and then it sort of like kickstarted this whole thing and then with Jeremy and so that's pretty gnarly just to hear that. It's, yeah. it's funny. I didn't know that. The impact that it's had. Yeah, actually, it was <clears throat> kind of the similar. My brother was a Christian at the time. I uh, came across that book that he, it was his, read the first chapter or skimmed through it, and it talked about adventure and, yeah, and yeah. going yeah. out to the wilderness. I was like, this is awesome. I wasn't a Christian back then. Yeah. I was like, can I read this? He said, yeah, yeah when I'm done, never read it. And then <laughs> the day I'm leaving to go to my, my buddy's funeral i was at work and in the lost and found was that book wild at heart wow. and i was like this is mine i don't care who this is i'm taking it <laughs> <laughs> i found it so yeah it found it, me yeah um so i stole something <laughs> no yeah i stole it but it was for a good cause um my soul um <laughs> so uh yeah so got saved and then started going to church and uh yeah, that uh, my mom was going to Foothills, or, or, or my current church still going to Foothills. Got introduced to Home Fellowship Pastors College Group, um, and the rest is history. Yeah. So mm-hmm. yeah, that's, that's cool. Crazy. Yeah. I feel like um, you've always had like a lot of good advice to share from like that season of life. Um, yeah, I mean, I think we've had so many talks just about like story after story or example after example of like what you learned like what not to do and then like sharing that with me and and obviously a lot of others but yeah we've had like a lot of good talks about that yeah yeah i, I think you hit the nail on the head is what not to do mm-hmm. um and one of my buddies uh, jesse abiel um uh, put an analogy that that has always stuck with me and he said you know i went to college and i saw these guys making bad decisions and i just kind of saw them just running headfirst into mm-hmm. a really steep valley mm-hmm. and they didn't even see the bridge right next to it going across mm-hmm. and now I'm having to see them struggle going up and I was like man I've I've, I've walked up a lot yeah. of valleys <laughs> I've had to crawl out of a lot a lot, lot of valleys and I, I I think that's where my my passion comes from is 
you know, I've walked down that road. Yeah. You know, I tell so many guys, mm. I've been down it. Don't go down it. It's not worth it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've, I've partied harder than you probably ever could. And I've, you know, had alumni pay for extravagant things and been at the top and the heights of the heights and, and it's all for naught. So yeah. it's not worth it. Don't go down that yeah. path. So. Yeah. And as I understand it, you were, uh, you were the guy at SDSU who like pumped up the student section <laughs> at, the, at the sports, right? Uh, at the games? Yeah. Um, they awesome. used to like, I feel serve. Like that is like the peak of like college experience. Yeah. It was I mean? SDSU basketball. Yeah. I mean, that is And that's nuts. big time too. That's Yo, that's time. the show. Yeah. The show. That's the I show. still love going. We're, we're called the show. <laughs> yeah. And you got all this cheers and, and the student sections going nuts and they actually served alcohol back then. And oh I had gosh. a beer helmet, you know, that was my thing with cut off shirt and, and uh, yeah, just going wacky and bananas <laughs> so funny. and uh yeah so but uh i still go to ba- basketball games but uh, i so turned it down a little does bit does <laughs> the uh the current student section do they do it justice are they um, are, are they lacking man yeah uh, there's a handful of people that have kept the spirit um Hey pops. <laughs> There's a handful of people who've kept the spirit of SDSU alive. Um the uh you know the the original uh uh, uh people but uh it's nowhere near the glory days there's no commitment there (laughs) you know sdsu was one of the first people or uh, fan bases that had to cut out heads for the free throw of random Hmm. uh celebrities or or uh characters or whatever so because you started right well it wasn't can you take care i can't can't take credit for that no (laughs) i i jumped on that bandwagon (laughs) but i kept it alive yeah i I took the baton and and passed it you know Hmm. we always need those people yeah (laughs) <laughs> um, so your degree, what was it in? Uh, nothing of value. <laughs> nothing of value. <laughs> so tell us about no. like transition <laughs> from college to what you started working in. And yeah, so um, <laughs> I, like many of the people in my generation, went to college, um, and I'm using a degree that I, uh, or I got a degree that I'm not using. Yeah. It's in criminal justice administration. Hmm. Um, I, you know, I thought I wanted to be in law enforcement, um, and, you know, God... God was protecting my path this whole time. I mean, I wanted to go into the military right out of high school. And, you know, my parents said, uh, you know, you're going to, if you're going to go into the military, you got to get a degree so you can go in as an officer. Um, so that shielded me from that. And <clears throat> um, right out of college, I wanted to go into the military again. That didn't pan out. Thought about law enforcement. That didn't pan out. Hmm. Um, so I, God was really protecting my path and putting me in positions. And I mean, when I say I wanted to go into the military, it was a burden. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, um, to get back to your question, um, I, <laughs> I'm right now, I own my own business. I'm a home energy raider. And to this day, I have no clue how I got into it. <laughs> it's just a industry that emerged in 2010. And my buddy, Paul, who owns the air conditioning company said, Hey, if you're looking for a career change, you should do it. And so my wife and I prayed about it and, uh, we went for it, bootstrapped the whole thing, paid for all the equipment, no debt, started hustling, working 14 hour days uh, from good off my full-time job and do some jobs on the side mm-hmm. and do jobs in the weekend. And mm-hmm. God blessed it. And I just bought my, uh, first business from a guy who does what I do. 
So uh, locked up my first business acquisition four years into my business. Um, so God is blessing it like crazy. I never thought I'd be evaluating homes to see how energy efficient they are. Yeah. Wow. But uh, it's provided me an opportunity to give generously mm-hmm. and, and to run for office. So, yeah. yeah. So uh, before that, you were at Ashford, right? Yeah, you know, I've... I, I noticed you didn't mention that part. <laughs> I <laughs> thought I would bring it up it. for you. Yeah. We're not going to let that slide. Yeah, we'll, Ashford, we'll you, remind you of those days. I'm pretty sure, you know, as you go through interviewing more people, <laughs> that will be a common trend if yeah. they live Just, in San Diego. Yeah. I think 50% of the population <laughs> worked at, at uh, Ashford. So right out of college, uh, yeah, I, I, uh, I originally I, I worked for an ambulance company. I was an EMT hmm. lifeguard <clears throat> for a long time out in Coronado, and then my buddy started an ambulance company, did business development for an ambulance company. Hmm. Um, It was a small one. We had three rigs, um, probably about 12 EMTs, a couple paramedics and critical care nurses. Um, And, uh, yeah, that just wasn't a good environment. Went back to lifeguarding and then went to Ashford. Just on a whim. I mean, uh, it was kind of the cool thing to do, I guess. A lot of people were getting jobs there. It was during uh, the recession Mm -hmm. in 2009-ish, so there weren't a lot of people hiring. It was really the only game in town that was um, accepting applications. So became a college advisor um, for, gosh, I was at Ashford for maybe six years, seven years. Mm. Then uh, started counseling military students um, as well. Um, And then uh, got my master's degree at Ashford University in organizational management, emphasizing in public administration. Hmm. So um, another little thing that I thought time was wasted, but God's applying it to to my calling now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. I have a question about, so you you got saved your senior year of college. Mm -hmm. Did that affect sort of? Like the like where you thought you were going to go, what you were going to do, what you wanted to do, or yeah. was that like was God still kind of working with you, and you were sto- still sort of like trying to find your own way a little bit? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, so you know, like I said, the my, I come. Let me back up a little bit. I come from a very strong military heritage in my family. Um, yeah, my grandfather fought in World War II. He shot. He was a belly gunner on a B twenty four bomber, wow. and he actually shot down three. Uh, he has three confirmed kills not fighting the Nazis. That's crazy. So whenever someone talks about their grandpa, I say, "Oh yeah, my my grandpa killed Nazis. <laughs> what did your grandpa do?" <laughs> but I have a lot of I have a lot of pri- uh, pride. I'm very proud of my family history. Um, you know, my father was in the military. My my uh, oh, it's our my grandfather was shot down. And he was a prisoner of war uh, for two years. Oh, my gosh. Um, went through a couple marches, survived them, got tortured, beat up, didn't talk. It didn't give out any intel. Wow. Um, so he's a genuine American war hero. Um, and actually, my son is named after my grandpa. Mm. Um, Wesley, right? Wesley Joseph. Yeah. His name is Joseph Ortiz, my grandfather. Okay, yeah. And he's the only Ortiz that's carrying on um, the Ortiz name, actually. Wow. My grandpa didn't have anyone to carry on his name past my generation until my son was born. Hmm. Um, Way to come through, Phil. Bro, right. on the, on, yeah, on the buzzer, too, because <laughs> my son was born on July 30th, uh-huh. or sorry, uh, J- June 30th, and my grandpa died July 1st. Wow. He was no. only he died right after he was born. He got to see his, his great-grandson Dude, carry awesome. on his name, wow. his picture, and then he passed. Oh, yeah, I saw that. On, on yeah. Facebook. It was... Yeah. That was a crazy weekend. Yeah, I'm sure. Um, yeah. But, uh, yeah, so huge military history. 
you know, I, I, I was the kid that had army clothes and my cousin was in desert storm <laughs> in the air cavalry. And my, my mom was like a real GI Joe is going to come and visit you. And I was all excited. And then when he got there, he's just my cousin, but he's yeah. like older than me. He, I got, he, when he got there, I showed up and, and I ran to him into the closet and hid and peed my pants. <laughs> <laughs> That's how excited I was. was about like a superhero. Yeah. It was like a superhero. So this is like, you know, how, how uh, excited I was to be in the military. Um, so that was my trajectory. That's mm -hmm. what I always wanted to do. Um, and I got saved. And uh, I just kind of felt like in the back of my head, I didn't know God was speaking to me. He's like, you know, you need to be here in community right now um, and learning about me and, um, and having a relationship with me. You being in boot camp um, and off somewhere else isn't, isn't where you're going to grow. Um, and so that was a very difficult that and tumultuous time because like I said I was in a fraternity and that's all about brotherhood yeah. and I built these bonds with these with these great guys they are good guys um they're stand up they're stand up individuals um and um and then uh I had to separate myself from that lifestyle from these guys that helped me through a really tough times you know one of my mm -hmm. best friends died and they were the ones that were there for me you know mm -hmm. and yeah. and um you know my uncle died during that time and you know I was homeless for a while in college and didn't eat for a couple days. And so they were, those are the guys that supported me and I had to separate myself from that lifestyle. Um, as well as give up something that I've always wanted to do is, is being in the military. Um, and so that was a very difficult, um, divorce, I guess is the yeah. best way to describe it. Um, and, uh, and that's why I got the job at Ashford really is I was kind of submitting to the path that God was blocking for, uh, blocking me away from and, and, and kind of yeah. doors were opening up and other ones. And I didn't know it at the time, you know, but I got my master's in public administration and it's, it's helping me now and working at Ashford prepared me to start my own business. As bad as it was, I gained a lot of business acumen. Mm. I know how to conduct meetings and emails and speak professionally on yeah. a different level. Yeah. And that, that really grew me to be able to step into a business and, and run it and talk to, you know, CEOs of huge development companies with confidence and 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 um, and no boundaries mm -hmm. and 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 no just certain cadences of how it is to operate in the business world. If yeah. I would have done that as as a lifeguard, yeah, you know, never would have mm -hmm. happened. So right, did yeah, that answer your question? Or yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. Um, the reason why I think we we wanted to bring up sort of like this middle time that you sort of skipped over a little bit is because we've been talking more recently about like this idea of like. Um, like point A to point B, like where you start to mm -hmm. where you want to end up, usually like the middle of that is just like, mm -hmm. it's hard and it's grueling and it's doing things that you don't like and it's being uncomfortable and mm -hmm. it's submitting yourself to God's will and maybe doing things that you didn't ever think you were going to be doing. Um, or maybe it's just like kind of putting your head down and investing in something, knowing that like it's going to pay off in a couple of years, not in a couple of months. Yeah. Um, so that's why I'm more curious about that just to learn sort of like, what was, what was what got you to where you are today? In between, like getting saved. I mean, honestly, it was it was being committed to the Lord. Like if if and that was when I was coming to the Lord during that time. Yeah. So <clears throat> when I first came to the Lord, it was, uh, uh, I, I don't know. As as when you're new in your faith, I feel like God is really close to you. Yeah. Yeah, and He presses in and He shows and He reveals Himself daily. And that's not to say that it doesn't happen when you're when you're uh, old in your faith. 
I guess that's the right term, but um, he was really close to me, and um, it was daily. Just I was more focused on him, and so I was just following him. But uh, that's not to say it wasn't hard to, to like I said, divorce that that um, that uh, identity that I that I that had been built up for me with my family's military heritage mm-hmm. and history, and the expectation and desire that was built. And I mean, like it was <clears throat> to the point where I'd see someone with with a you know Vietnam service or a, a mil in a, in a, in, a, in camis in the in their uniform in their digis, and uh, I. would my eyes would dart over there and I'd feel this sinking in my, in my chest mm. and this regret and this sh- almost shame. It's like, well, your whole family served, you know why? And so there's this like, I wake up in the middle of the night and, and just, there's a lot of angst and frustration and confusion. Wow. And it was really deep seated in me. Um, so, um, it takes a lot of sacrificial understanding to, to get to the point where uh where i was where i could say okay god this is your will not mine i mean th- this isn't even my life this is your life and um it, you know people would talk to me and tell me phil you know you do great in the military but that's going to be easy for you you know you can make a lot bigger an impact doing something else you know and and mm-hmm. this but i wouldn't listen to it i couldn't hear it i had no yeah. clue so um it was being cl- it was being close to the lord and 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 um i, ca- I really can't attribute it to anything else yeah. 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 Fascinating. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned a time when you were like bridging a gap from like the frat life to church and you <laughs> felt like God was wanting you to like immerse yourself in community. Mm-hmm. Um, we talk a lot about like community and, you know, groups and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, like what did that look like for you practically? And like, how did you like just dive into building like a whole new um, friend group and community? Yeah, it wasn't easy. Um, I, I built a reputation of no one wanting to walk across San Diego State campus with me because it would take three hours <laughs> because I knew everyone. Yeah. You know, so I had friends everywhere. Um, and, you know, I had to divorce that. I, that's, I keep using that word, but that's really what it was. I had to walk away from it. And um, I remember just slowly making decisions uh, being convicted because I was still living with my frat guys and there were still parties going on. And, um, I, I mean, I'll tell you how green I was. I started going to a home group with Taylor Abiel and we were talking about fasting and you know, he asked us what, think about something you could fast. If you have any questions, come up to me. So I came up to Taylor and I was like, Hey, I have this great idea, uh, for, for fasting for this 40 days. I'm not going to get drunk. <laughs> <laughs> and Taylor's like, that's great, buddy. <laughs> what what about maybe not drinking alcohol at all for 40 days? And I was like, yeah, that's even better idea. Um, what so, a revelation. Man. Oh, my that's goodness. So, uh, so when you think about this, like, I was really starting from ground zero. Let's not get drunk. Yeah. Yeah. All I'm not going to get drunk. No, I was so proud of myself. He handled it the best. He was was like, that like in the group, like raised your hand? Like, <laughs> or was it like one-on-one? Like Everyone after the share night? what you're going to fast. Yeah. <laughs> no, it wasn't. Uh, but uh, I did make a mistake like that. In a, in a, but I'll save that for later if it comes up. But there was a situation like that. But um, So yeah, I just started getting convicted over these things. And obviously that didn't go over well with my buddies. You know, I'm not drinking and, and I'm not partying. And girls are coming up to me and I'm like, you know, stiff arming them, putting them on ice and... <laughs> 
Um, just because there's conviction after conviction that comes up maybe week after week or month after month, new things are revealing. And so, um, <clears throat> you know, I eventually just prayed really quickly. You know, I prayed over and over again. Will someone come up to uh, rent my room so I can move out? And I ended up moving out of my ha- uh, the house I was living in with my buddies and moved back in with my mom. Hmm. And uh, she was renting out all of her rooms. Um, so I actually just slept on the couch. Um, didn't really have a place, didn't have a place to go. Um, so I, I mean, I slept on the couch and then I remember for my, uh, on your mom's couch, on my mom's couch when other people are living there. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I didn't have anywhere to, I didn't have anywhere to go. I didn't have any friends. Wow. Um, so, uh, and then, um, I, for my 25th birthday or my 26th birthday, I didn't have any friends. Um, so I didn't know what to do. So I remember for my 26th birthday, um, what I did was I played catchphrase with my grandma, my grandpa, my <laughs> aunt, uh, uh, Taylor Peterson, you know, Jesse, yeah. Peter- yeah. Taylor Peterson and Marla Mercado <laughs> and David Stuckey. Well, those, the Stuckey, those, these, I, I didn't have any, I didn't have no friends. Sounds like a riveting group. Oh Just my goodness. I looked around and I was like, going on. this is like, what's rough. going on? Man? No, not to, uh, but they were my only friends. I, yeah. you know, I was, yeah. I was just starting to go to church and I was like this, like I could call up, you know, four dozen people and we could, I could hang out, you know, at any point. But I was like, I can't do this. Hmm. Like God has called me to something deeper and I know the path that I've gone down and I can't ignore what God's <coughs> done in my life and what he, how he's revealed me. And I kept going back to those, um, those times where he came through for me and I, I cannot ignore that. Um, and so I just kept kind of pushing forward and introducing myself and, um, yeah, Taylor was a good friend, my home fellowship pastor. Um, and I started making friends with people who were, uh, a little new in their faith as well. Um, that's where I think it, I got rooted is, um, people who were new in their faith or new to the church hmm. that I was going to. I, fa- I found those people. I sought them out and developed good relationship uh, with them. And that's how I kind of got some roots to, to grab hold. Um, so, yeah, that was that was the story of going from college partier to, to straight edge Darrow Christian. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's crazy to me. I, well, like the theme of like conviction I feel like most people, when they become a Christian, like they have a lot of conviction, mm-hmm. uh, but maybe not a lot of like action in their life yet. It's mm-hmm. sort of like this like really slow transition. Yeah, like, like I, I, don't, I don't know. I feel like I haven't heard someone like sit, like have such a strong conviction to just like make such a mm-hmm. one eighty flip. Especially like when you're the the popular guy. Like I wouldn't mm-hmm. know what that's like. You know what I mean? But like. <laughs> I can only imagine how hard that is. It's great. To I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, but just how hard that is to walk away from this whole life and like persona and like, like you said, your identity really is wrapped up into it. And, but that conviction apparently was so strong that God flipped you around and, and just um, like you sort of held on to that dearly hmm. in this new life that he was creating for you. Yeah. You know, I, I mean, I guess it's just uh, the dramatic circumstances of having someone die that's your best friend, mm. you know, and yeah. being so depressed and suicidal, really. I mean, if I'm being yeah. honest with myself, you know, the thought of, uh, you know, clocking out early definitely crossed my mind a couple of times. But it's, it's, and I, I have grace for people who are developing conviction. And I think we all need to have grace for people who are yeah. developing that conviction. You can't put your expectations on 
how quickly they repent and how quickly they their actions align with totally. what your expectation is, what they mm-hmm. should be. Um, the, I mean, the way I see it is if 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 they're getting um, revelation, or even one revelation to God, that's one degree closer they are with God, and, yeah. and we're supposed to point them to the love of Christ. We're not supposed to, you know, be on the on the uh, on the sidewalk waving our signs and shaking our fingers and looking mm-hmm. uh, down at them. You know, I, I just I think it's it's uh, it's a relationship, and some people um, have different paces at it, and um, you know, you have to see what they're becoming, yeah. you know, and not uh, and not uh, what they were, you know. So yeah, that's yeah. a great point. Yeah. Well, let's uh, move on to the next point. Want to ask you about uh, Rachel and how you guys met, and kind of just overall like words of advice, um, kind of what you learned from that dating process to getting married to striking out a few times to finally yeah making it happen yeah 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 I was striking out swinging <laughs> yeah yeah. Um, yeah, I have a lot to say about <laughs> that. <laughs> um, we've had some talks, Jeremy. Yeah, I, I was thinking as you came in here. Um, I think one of our good talks was <clears throat> I think I was just graduating high school, and yeah. I, the girl that I was dating like just broke up with me, and I was like super like surprisingly heartbroken, and yeah. I was pretty sad. Yeah, and I was here in the living room upstairs, and we were talking, and you said to me, "You was like, dude, like, you got to find a girl that." is 100% like completely completely into you and only you. And like by that, you didn't mean like someone that's like crazy over you, but just like a girl that like simply is invested in who you are and like that wants you and you only. I thought that was like super like good advice and it was like really well put. Um, You don't want a girl that's like weighing her options or like not really set on you. Um, and so it was just that really like settled with me. Yeah, and you want someone team yeah, Jeremy? Exactly. She got yeah. her pom poms out. Yeah, she's in the game. Yeah. She's a, she's your biggest fan. Yeah. You know, she's on the sideline. Yeah. Um. I'll be honest. Dating is uh, the dating season's tough, man. Yeah, it sucks. It's, oh, it's the worst. Oh, bro. Like that's probably what. I mean, it's like you you put your heart out there and most you know everyone in the christian circle i had to learn all these rules <laughs> <laughs> on the fly you know and so it's like you know guard your heart you know guard her heart guard her heart mm. but it's like dude like i'm putting my heart out there too you know and i'm getting tore up a little bit cuz it's like i'm trying to see if this works um and so each time you you get tore up you got to you know put your boots back on and, and get back in the game and try it out but i think you just got to um you have to well. So going back to what, what Rachel, um, I met her. I actually was doing a home fellowship for her younger sister Becky and younger brother Jared, and I had had always heard about this older sister. Um, and then we just started um, chatting on Facebook, and then we just met kind of on a blind date. To be honest, I was like, "Hey, you want to go grab some coffee?" But I don't drink coffee. So I just kind of sat there and <laughs> do what you gotta do. washed your drink coffee. <laughs> um, but but uh, I think what was frustrating was that um, what, through the dating season was that um, when I expressed um, interest in a, in a girl, um, I should say a young woman, in a young woman, th- what went, they fast forwarded through their mind was we're going to get married. And um, that really set a wrong foundation for the reality of a relationship in Western dating. Um, And I think it's important to know that, you know, you're trying to figure out if this works, 
you know, if it jives between you two and it's, so it's, it's okay not to move forward in a relationship if you just don't feel like it works, Mm -hmm. you know, um, it's easier to love someone if you like them (laughs) and we have to love our wives. Like we, like Christ loved the church and it will be easier if you like the person, you know, so make sure you don't make it hard on yourself. Don't make it hard on yourself, man. Come on. Uh, the other good piece of advice that I got was find someone from your tribe um, and, uh, what I'm, I guess what, um, Ken Fish meant by that, uh, traveling pastor, he said, um, if there's someone from your tribe in your community, in your church, maybe even from the same town, you're going to have the same, uh, mindset. You're gonna have the same beliefs. You're gonna have the same, you're going to be running in the same direction. Yeah. yeah that's the other thing. Run, start running your race, hmm. start, do what you're going to do. And then look around and see who's running next to you. Hmm. Um, that's the best advice I can give um, for for the relationship, and that's what Rach was Rach was doing. I mean, she was going to foothills, and and uh, she was just trying to figure things out, like all of us. Um, and uh, and um, we, you know, we hit it off, and and we're still there. I mean, we've had our challenges, you know, some deep ones. Um, that we'll have to, we're still working through, but you're going to have to go through challenges with anybody. Oh yeah. You know, it's, if you don't go through any challenges in marriage, personality or past or future or circumstances, then you might not have a real relationship. Yeah. We are challenges, right? I mean, yes. (laughs) We're challenges to each other too. Yes. Two, two, I mean, two people, two imperfect people coming together. There's going to be issues, man. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of issues. I don't know how you culminate all all the relationships that I have, but um, but I just say that we're getting a lot of visitors coming. I know, through we're here. getting bombarded. Yeah, it's pretty okay. crazy right now. Yeah, none of them are my visitors. That's <laughs> weird. I know. I feel like I should have like 15 by now. You're <laughs> so popular. No, I'm just kidding. He's past those days. No, one, yeah, no one, no one cares <laughs> about up, me. Washed up, failed. Yeah, I'm a has been. <laughs> um. So yeah, relationships. I mean, find someone who's running next to you. Find someone that's that uh, that can uh, be on your team, that likes you, that wants to. My sister said something that was really cool. She said to her husband, and she's not even a Christian. She said, "I'm honored to take your your last name. Hmm. I, I it is an honor that I get to have your last name. That was that is yeah. very a very good uh, uh, way to phrase um, having." Uh, a respect for for <laughs> someone you know um so hmm. but we're all work in progress i mean you can't put these high expectations on uh, on people my wife had a good uh good good analogy about how to find someone is um if you're going to build a cake you have to have the actual physical cake and then you got frosting and some toppings and stuff well the meat and potatoes of a, a good relationship is you know sh- th- your wife loves jesus um that's that's unquestionable. Um, there's some other pedigree stuff that you have to, and that's the main bakings of a cake. That's what forms a cake. Yeah. Um, you need that. That's a, that's that's not uh, uh, in qu- that can't be in question. Mm-hmm. It's a non-negotiable. And then um, everything beyond that is the icing. It's what makes it taste good. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, and what makes it it's what makes it great. And it doesn't have to be perfect. You don't want a bland cake. You got to have some icing on there. Yeah. Is that am I, is this Preach, analogy? Is this analogy coming through? Oh, I'm feeling it. But it's, you can't. But you can't have the you know 18 tier with the you know 
the cake boss, you know, decorations and every little detail that you want, you know, just, yeah. you need something, you need so the structure of the cake and you just can't have icing either. You can't just have, cause that's what I was looking for in the world mm -hmm. with these girls, you know, right. the pretty girls that didn't have any ambition or any conviction or anything, any relationship with Jesus. You can't you also just be a blob of icing. Yeah. <laughs> no one, that's not a cake. No. So, um, it was a good analogy for, yeah, for figuring out the balance of what to look for yeah. in a wife. And how long were you guys, uh, dating until you got engaged and then how long until you got married? And so we dated for over a year. I want to say a little over a year, year and three months. We were engaged for as long as it took to plan the wedding. <laughs> I think it was six months, okay. maybe less. Now yeah. that is probably the worst stage I would say of all this. Yeah, that was that's rough for a couple <laughs> different reasons. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like planning a wedding is the worst. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, waiting to get intimate with your wife is mm -hmm. the worst. You know, you're just the temptation just ramps up mm -hmm. to eleven. Mm -hmm. You know. Um, I mean, you guys are both married. You just went through it, Jeremy. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not a good time. But uh, I think everyone that I've talked to have said, uh, I want to elope. I want to just go to <laughs> Vegas. Yeah. Oh, We, we had that, like, serious talk. Like, Several should times. We, yeah, should we just go for it? It's yeah. honestly well. My, my good buddy Brock, he just had a yeah. A, he just had a wedding. Dude, I, Connie like, saw that on Facebook, and, and she was like, "Did you see this? Like, they got engaged and married within like two weeks." And she was like, "That's how it should have been done." And I was like, Man. "They invited like thirty people. Yeah, that was perfect. It was yeah. it was in their backyard. Yeah, it's like why spend? You know, and at the end of the day, it's like what was the advice? I think I told you I was like at the end of the day or someone I, at the end of the day, you're gonna be there, she's gonna be there, mm -hmm. and you're gonna get married. And really, that's all that matters. That's all you're yeah. gonna remember too. Yeah, you get a couple <laughs> pictures. Yeah, yeah, it goes. The day goes by so fast. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so don't just have some perspective. Don't put too much emphasis <laughs> and too many fights on it. It's like you know what? If mm -hmm. these people can't come, it's not a big deal, man. Yeah. You know. So engaged, married, all in all, like a year and a half, two years. Um, when did you guys um, have Wesley, and kind of how's that been? And also want to know, like, with that. Um, in context, so that happened, and then the business. So, kind of tell me about those two and the timeline and how that all. Yeah. Developed. So <coughs> we took the advice to to uh, take a step back and uh, have a couple of years to t just hang out and and get our uh, get our relationship to be in stride with each other. Um, that was super good advice. We took two years um, before we started trying to have kids. Um, and during that time, it was us really deciding, you know, who's our community going to be, you know, like uh, Rachel's family is all Christians, but my family isn't, you know, and, you know, uh, we're, we're going to build our own church family of, you know, my brothers in Christ. And so that was really of who, who as a couple is going through the same season as us, um, really evaluating who we feel close to, who do you want to um, build a life with? So that really was that two years that we... Uh, that we took to go on trips with people and go out to dinner with them and hang out um, and see who we jived with as a couple. Um, and then we, you know, worked on our relationship too a bunch. We went through some marriage counseling and just wanted to set our relationship up for success. Um, um, and we, yeah, we, I mean, 
things came up like three months into our relationship that I, I didn't know about, you know, about, about my wife. And we we're like, what? Like we're doing, this is what's going on. Like, <laughs> Oh my goodness. And so, um, it got real, mm-hmm. real quick. Um, as it does, as it does. And, uh, the best advice I got was, Hey, work these things out right now. Cause when you have a toddler running around, mm-hmm. you're not going to have any mental capacity to really devote to, to figuring this stuff up and strengthening mm-hmm. your marriage or strengthening your relationship with God. You got it. You got a, a very uh, short amount of time, um, to, uh, to take advantage of figuring out what that looks like. Yeah. I've had, um, so far, like being married, it's been interesting. Like <clears throat> before I was married, like you hear, like once you're married, no going back, like you're stuck and you hear that and you're like, yeah, of course I understand that. And then you're married and then it's like, oh, <laughs> you are actually stuck. Like there is no like changing. And uh, it was funny because like when we dated it, when stuff would come up, like I never like thought about like a whole lot about like, you know, wanting to like um, end the relationship. I always thought we we're going to stick it out. But like now there is no option. Like you're just, you're in it Yeah. and we haven't had anything crazy, but there's been a few things. It's like been some difficult conversations and it's kind of been like, wow, like there is no other option. Like we have to work this out. Yeah. And it's a weird thought and it's, it's just crazy. Like, I don't know of a, I don't know of a better way to say it, yeah. to get it through to single guys heads. That's like, Hey, like there's no, there's no yeah. backing out of this. Yeah. Right. I, I, and, and I don't think it comprehends kind of like when you go mm-hmm. into college and you just take out $50,000 in student loans mm-hmm. <laughs> and you don't realize how much money that is right. until you're it's starting only a couple pay. zeros. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I already took out 50 grand. What's another yeah. 5 grand? It's right. like, dude. But all that to say, I don't think I haven't come up with a good way to figure out how to tell people that. So, yeah. um, we see I feel like that about having kids now. Of like I I know that once we start having kids, there's no, I mean, there's no going back. You can't just put them back in. You know what I mean? And like now your life is going to be I haven't totally heard of that way different. Before. I have a good way of, if you want to figure out what it's like to have kids, set an alarm every hour oh, uh, the on the hour during the night oh. and then stay up for 40 minutes each time. And that's what it's like to have a kid. So like the 20 minute intervals of sleep. Oh, and then go to San Diego state and grab a frat guy, get him drunk and, ha- and then take care of him for the whole day. <laughs> <laughs> like that's what it's like to be a that's parent. A You're analogy. taking care of a drunk person and <laughs> with no sleep. Yep. That changing them, making sure they don't right. kill themselves. They don't have any like use or sort of like <laughs> no. they're just a burden for a long time. It re- it is I'm trying to keep you alive. My wife gets discouraged sometime and I'm like, "Is Wesley alive?" And she's like, "Yeah." I was like, "Hey, <laughs> thumbs up, baby. <laughs> High five. Hey, that's all you need to do. If you're alive and he's alive, um, that's a win." Yeah. No, I mean, we're exaggerating a bit but just all that to say like once you have kids like it it really is a very big moment and so like well yeah put yourself in the right place in life in order to get there yeah so you know jeremy and i are both in that place now where um you know i obviously want to have lots of kids one day and Mm -hmm. um like relatively soon and I'm sure Jeremy and Connie eventually want to have kids too. But at the same time, it's like, yeah, we're going to freaking enjoy these couple mm-hmm. of years of just investing into our relationship. And because we know that just like getting married, once you have kids, then you're in the next chapter. Like it's happening. Mm-hmm. You can't just, you have to go with it after that. The way I've kind of set myself up is I don't get to do anything for myself. And if I do get to do something for myself, it's like, a cherry on top, but yeah. I just kind of set that expectation in my own heart, in my head saying, Hey, everything's for my wife and my kids. And if I get, you know, to go on a hunting trip or I get to, you know, do this or that, 
um, then uh, then I, I'm lucky. So mm. it, everything's for them. I mean, you don't have an option at that point. Kind of like you don't have an option of leaving your wife. You don't have an option not to take care of your kids. Mm-hmm. I mean, they they really are. But I, I mean, it, so I was talking to someone uh, recently, and they didn't want to have kids, and they couldn't understand why anyone want to have kids. And the only way I could describe it to them with someone at that point was, um, I just feel lucky I get to be his dad. Mm-hmm. Like that's the only way I could describe. It. It's like, man, like I am so lucky that. I get to hang out with you and raise you. He's like the coolest little thing on this planet. And I just feel like I won the lottery. You know, that's really the only way I could describe it. My wife and I talk about it all the time. Like mm. we're so lucky to be his parents. Um, so that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. So remember that at 3 a.m. 3 or, you know, <laughs> <laughs> so lucky. Oh my gosh. I'm the luckiest person on earth. <laughs> hey, baby, feel lucky. Yeah. Go, wait, go get him up. <laughs> yeah. When he like, you know, pooped all over his jammies and it's 2 a.m. and I'm trying to clean it up. Oh, gosh. It's like, man, I'm so lucky. Can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You guys should be lucky. This is the hard sell yeah. that I'm giving you on being parents. Yeah. <laughs> um, so how. So it's about the business, how that started, and then um, kind of the, the dynamic with, you know, being fairly newly married, a, you know, young child and new business, and then, yeah. Yeah, we actually started the business. Um, I, I mean, so let me back up. I was kind of pushed into starting the business because I was in a really bad job. I was chasing money, and it was the wrong thing to do. I mean, it was a nice raise, but it was the wrong thing to do. And so I had to find a way out. And God was just kind of saying, bringing up this opportunity again to be a, to start my own business, start my own business. I had clients saying, hey, I'd use you if you started this business. Um, and so um, Rach and I, like I said, we bootstrapped it. Um, and it, we ended up um, moving into her parents' house um, to save up money um, and lower our expenses so we could start the business. And I guess it was kind of a Dave Ramsey kind of uh, thing to live extreme, to live like live like no one else, so one day you can live like no one else. Right. Um, and uh, so we moved in, we downgraded, uh, we put our stuff in storage, we moved into uh, one, you know, just one bedroom in her parents' house. Um, I had to cook on Tuesdays, you know, we had to cook <laughs> on Tuesdays, family dinner, you know, um, and so that made it a lot easier to start the business. It was really low risk. Um, Rachel was working um, at the time, so we were able to live off her income with our lowered expenses. You know, we didn't have any car payments. We paid those off. Um, She didn't have any school debt, which is amazing. I still have school debt, but I did a lot to reduce that um, previous to this. So we really were strategic in, you know, well, first we, I followed the Lord. Um, and is leading and then two we were strategic about it we're like okay what is the best possible scenario we could do and so we moved into her parents house and they were they blessed us uh, originally it was to uh to they were gonna allow us to move in to buy a house so we could save it buy a house but it coincided with starting the business um and then we actually um conceived my son in 
uh, in my in-laws in Rachel's old room. And actually, fun fact to uh, the masses, hopefully Tim and Marianne won't get too mad about this. <laughs> but uh, I'm so excited to hear this. Tim and Marianne conceived Rachel in that room. No. <laughs> yeah. So now it's like tradition. It's tradition. So Wesley's going to have to. Nice. <laughs> okay, son. Yeah. One day. Yeah. And yeah. Rachel was the firstborn and Wesley's the firstborn. That's so funny. Something magical about that room. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no but uh but um yeah so after we found out rachel's pregnant um her parents were like we love you guys but we don't love you that much um <laughs> to have a screaming baby get out in the house so get out so um we moved back into the condo that i owned and how long have you guys been living there so uh so we don't live in the condo anymore we um or sorry in in her parents house we were oh yeah we were there almost a year Okay. We lived there almost a year. Dude, I don't think I could do that. Like, I don't know, man. I don't. I wouldn't recommend it. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone I, says that. And it's oof. Yeah, my eyebrows are up and my eyes are wide. Saying <laughs> I wouldn't recommend it. You can't see them now, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. As you can imagine, just because you have to have a really, you have to have a good relationship with with yeah. your in laws, and I had a great relationship with them. Really good family, really stable. I mean, but your family's mm-hmm. had. Their uh, Everyone. kids. Everyone's lived here with the wife, except yeah, yeah, except Jenny and Brian. Except Jenny and Brian, but yeah. but Tori and Daniel. So yeah. so it's not on, it's not out of the question. But you just have to have a mm-hmm. family that understands boundaries, um, mm-hmm. and is healthy, and um, and Rachel's family has that, and and they had to make some adjustments, but um, they were super generous, and it set us up to start this business. Now Rachel doesn't have to work. Um, um, and uh, we were able to buy a house. They were just going to give us some money to buy a house, but it, this allowed us to save up a lot more money than they would have been able to give us. Mm. And, I mean, we blessed them being there, you know, and, and they blessed us, you know, in, in so many different levels. I didn't grow up in a family that had family dinner. Mm. You know, you just kind of come home and you just kind of find what's in the fridge and you eat, and mom made dinner one night and it's in the fridge already, and you just kind of, Scrounge. Free for all, yeah. Yeah, man. So yeah. I learned the importance of it. So there was there were things that came out of it that blessed me deeply and vice versa with Rachel's family too. So yeah. That's um, cool. Yeah. Um let's see here. So with the business, tell us well let's go into politics. Kinda wanna hear about how you're starting that. Um but also wanna know like how are you managing a family, you know, young kid, the business, politics, friends. Um, I was talking with Nathan, one of your good friends, yeah. and he was kind of saying, like, looking back, like, all these guys in history who have done much with their life, you know, all these guys, like, they didn't just have that one thing they did. Like, they did all that on top of, like, their normal life. So a mm. job and having a family and all that. And I feel like you're, like, a good example of that right now in present mm. day. Like, you are doing all these extra activities while doing a normal life. Um, that someone would call, mm. f- that a normal life that we, w- that we would call full and overwhelming, you know? So. Right. Want to know like how you're doing it and what does it look like and, and yeah. Um, it's messy, you know. I don't have it down. I'll tell you that right now. I mean, I'm constantly having to work through my schedule with Rach and and find time and. Um, but I want to emphasize first is I I wouldn't have been able to do any of this if it wasn't for following the Lord, <laughs> you know, not going into the military and being in contract and not yeah. uh, uh starting this business. You know, like if I didn't follow the Lord, these opportunities wouldn't have been there. So I need to, uh, I need to figure, I needed to um, understand 
following the Lord first, what is it? Uh, seek first the kingdom and all else will be added to you was the principle that I applied to this situation. And with time, uh, with uh, no time is wasted with God. So, um, you know, I, I, that's that's really has been the catalyst to me um, really knowing, um, enabling me to, to, to run for politics, to, ru- to run for office and engage in politics. Mm. Um, so I don't know that um, I could have done it without it. Um, moving beyond that, um, how do I do it? Um, I just kind of... I grew up seeing my family serve the military and go on deployment for six months or go on deployment for a year or be in a prison camp. And that's serving your country. And I kind of feel like that's the way it should be with our politicians and our elected officials. You should have that same expectation of serving your country in the respect that you're going to miss out on some stuff and you're going to sacrifice some stuff and you're going to have to give up some things if you want to lead your community. Um, you don't get to have your cake and eat it too. And it's kind of a, uh, a bummer that, um, people get into office to gain prestige and power and money. Hmm. Um, and so, um, uh, I, I, God's blessed my business. I'm able to have some, some extra income. Um, I'm able to have my wife at home. Um, and she maintains her house very well. So it's normal. Um, I work from home, so I'm with my family. Um, so uh, during the day, so if, when I go to events at night, it's not a big deal. Mm-hmm. So um, I think that uh, all, all, all that to say is I followed the Lord, and he gave me the means to be able to do this, and he called me to do this, really. He, he gave Rach and I a word to do yeah. this, so, mm-hmm. yeah. And and so, like, what what is your vision now, like, moving into... Yeah politics and could you just like briefly explain like sort of your involvement now what you're looking to get how you're looking to get more involved like sort of where do you see yourself going investing more into the political world well i want to help i want to help my community and i want to serve it like i said i'm I'm viewing this as a ministry um and just like you know uh, the youth venture teen centers um, that these kids are neglected and and, f- and frustrating and disrespectful, and it's a dark area, but we still need to inject ourselves into it. It's the same thing with politics. I mean, it's a dark world, and there's people out there with a poor moral compass, bad ideas, and um, and not a lot of love and not a lot of life. Counterfeit love is really what it is. Um, it's not genuine Christ-like love. And so... Um, I mean, my goal is to follow the Lord. <laughs> That's really what it is. And right now he's placed me in an opportunity to run for city council and, and lead um, part of El Cajon. And, and, and hopefully um, if the Lord opens up doors in other directions, that's where I want to go. But um, I really want to set a standard of service, like I said, um, that um, bringing in a new standard of service to our elected officials saying, um, you should lose something by doing this. This I should like be that. this should be a volunteer. Yeah. There's nothing stronger than the heart of a volunteer. Um, and when you have volunteers, I mean, you think about the best volunteers in the world uh, accomplish the greatest things. Mother Teresa, you know, that's a, that's a very low-hanging fruit volunteer of I mean, even uh, uh, Martin Luther King Jr. Yeah. He 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 was a volunteer. He didn't get paid for the civil rights movement. Right. Um all, they, those are the strongest people in the world because they're doing it for the right reasons. And so, uh, if if I can 
move that boat one degree to you should lose something if you want to serve our country like military service members um i think that will attract um uh, people that deserve to be there um instead of people who are looking to exploit the mm-hmm. position um yeah, and like i said i mean el cajon has some big opportunities and some challenges um there's a big depressed area in, in El Cajon, um, a lot of low-income housing, and I want to help people. Mm. I mean, and there's there's a fight for our soul, for the soul of our country going on right now in America, and um, I need to be part of that fight. I think Christians need to be part of that fight. I think we need to be um, showing people what a good life looks like, um, and not be afraid to show it, and not hide from it, and engage in this in this political process, we have an opportunity to, to do that. And I think it's our, it's our duty to do it. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. Yeah. I, I feel like, uh, th- there's sort of like the epitome of like, what is like, I don't know, the Christian man, like what are all the things that he's doing? And it's like, as Phil's talking to Mike, <coughs> yeah, like, <laughs> this is it. <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean, you don't really get to see it that often anymore mm-hmm. and there's only so many, uh, examples. And so, it's it's great to like hear it from the source. Mm. You know I mean, like we, there could be I don't know a story flo- floating around or someone you see on TV and mm-hmm. you think like oh good for him that's great, but mm-hmm. to see it sort of like from the ground up and like actually experience with someone. Mm-hmm. I mean, I feel blessed that we get to experience this like in East County in El Cajon, like with people that we know and just sort of mm. be along the journey with you, but also understanding at a deeper level like this is, you know, the life that God has for you. And, and this is how, uh, he wants to, you know, advance the kingdom through you. Mm-hmm. And then like to see someone doing it, it's like, wow, okay. Like, okay. People are doing this. You know what I mean? Like we can do it too. You know, I was the same way. I, I, I didn't see any Christians, you know, standing up for good ideals and principles in the public sector, in the public realm. But then I started getting involved and we have, incredible leaders in East County. Bill Wells is the mayor of El Cajon, devout Christian. He speaks at our youth conference at our church. Um, incredible man of God. Brian Jones, he's our state senator. Outstanding man of God. Mm. He loves and reveres the Lord. These are men that have found their stride, um, that are that are um, advancing the kingdom of God in their families, in their communities, and bringing good principles and ideals to the laws of this land. And I, I'm going to get on my soapbox one more time and say, I always don't like it when Christians say, like, our only job is to, you know, spread the gospel. I'm like, no, you have to live in this world, and this world can pass bad laws. Um, th- I, I give them this analogy. Imagine you're out to eat with your buddies at a restaurant, um, and you know how it works is you all order your own stuff, the check comes, and then you got to figure out how much you owe. You all put your cards in, uh, your credit cards in. Well, imagine you went out to eat, you went to the bathroom, and then when you were gone, your buddies decided that you're going to pick up 80% of the tab and they're only going to pay for 20%. And they come back, you come back from the bathroom and they tell you, and I mean, your response would be, that's garbage. Like, <laughs> yeah, right. right. I'm not going to sign off on that. And they go, that's, I don't care. It's a democracy. We voted. Mm. Well, when you don't engage in politics and when you don't vote and you don't know the laws that are being passed and you don't mm. stand up for what's good and right, that's exactly what's happening is they're yeah. pushing the tab or pushing these bad laws on you and you're going to have to live under it whether you like it or not. We have an opportunity to shape and form that. Um, so I know it's hard for, for Christians get jammed up a lot about getting involved in politics because we look at Jesus 
and he's perfect, and the Bible is complete, and it's whole, and it's perfect. And then we look at politics, and Washington, D.C., and Congress, and the president, and whoever else is out there, and it's like, oh, it's so dirty and confusing, and I don't get it, and I just want to stay away from it. But th- that's that's where we need to bring our, our, our blueprint of a good yeah. life that Jesus gives us into that realm. Yeah. It's possible. Right. The founders did it. You know, why can't we? So Yeah. Well, that's a good point too because um like our mission is to advance God's kingdom and to bring heaven to earth and like to do God's will here. Mm-hmm. And who are we to let the world like live in complete and utter rebellion and, and destruction yeah. and uh in complete ignorance of God. Yeah. Like if we're letting that happen, then like that's the opposite of God's kingdom advancing, you know what I mean? Like yep. it, it it would be a disservice to not be involved in, yeah, uh, in every well, like no matter how kind of sticky or icky something like politics mm-hmm. is, um, you can't ignore it. It's yeah. it's not one of the things that you get to kind of let slide by. It's just like the weather; you can't ignore it. Mm. You know, the pol- politics has just as much effect on your life as the weather does. Just you're not going to ignore if your house doesn't have a roof. You know, yeah. you're going to do something about it. It's the same kind of a thing. Yeah. So, um, I'm not advocating for a. Uh, <laughs> an aristocracy or anything like that. Right. Um, but um, we need to be engaged. And I mean, the Bible puts out financial, uh, good financial principles and the majority of the country, country, whether it's the federal government, state governments or cities don't practice good financial management. Um, being indebted to people is not good. And for some reason we don't hold that principle. Mm. And so we need to, we need to, that's just one small thing, you know? So um, yeah. Yeah. Well, I think we're close to wrapping up, but yeah. I have a couple. We have a couple just sort of like um, quicker, more like cuff, yeah. yeah, off the cuff questions for you. Uh, if you can go back and sort of have like a heart to heart with eighteen year old Phil, what would you tell him? What advice would you give him? Maybe about being a man or growing up. Just any, if you had that one chance to have one little heart to heart with him. <laughs> Don't follow your heart. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah I, that's that's honestly what I'd say is I. I, man, that, that's a tough conversation to have with a 18 year old Phil, but you know, I'd say don't follow your heart. Um, you know, and, uh, and, and, uh, you know, I mean, it's too, it'd be too long of a conversation to have, but I just say, (laughs) don't follow your heart. You got to follow your head and and follow God and, and your, your little brother's onto something. Keep going with it. Cause he was a Christian back then and Mm. he, he was following the Lord very strongly. And so, uh, I'd say follow God, forget about everything else. It'll work out if you follow God. Side note, get a haircut. Oh, yo, you've seen the pictures. <laughs> I've seen the pictures. Yeah. It was, it was rough. Yo, I had... Curly, man. Yeah. Super curly. Oh. So I played soccer, and so the longer my hair got, the better I was. Were, yeah. yeah. It's kind of like Samson with <laughs> yeah. his strength, but yeah, I was good. That's right. what I did. Yeah. I was, <laughs> That's funny. Let's, let's move on from yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, please. <laughs> Next. <laughs> Uh, see, uh, favorite books. What would you, yeah, favorite books. Um, man, favorite books. Um, well, I have to say Wild at Heart because that's really the book that saved me. That's always got a special place in my heart. Um, oh, If You Can Keep It is a good one. It's, um, uh, about, um, oh, who's the author? I'm forgetting. He wrote, uh, the uh, biography of Bonhoeffer. I forget. Oh. If You Can Keep It. Look it up. It's okay. fantastic. Um, and then uh, the uh, American Miracle—that's another really good one. Um, talks about the foundation of our country and how um, it, there really was 
a presence of God and God was moving to orchestrate a lot of the formation of the United States. Mm. Um, original Intent is another good one by David Barton. Uh, it talks about what the Constitution's original intent was. Um, uh, Zig Ziglar, See You at the Top, is a good one. Your dad gave me that one, Corey. That's a really good one. Um, Jeremy. Jeremy, yeah. <laughs> I don't know your dad, Corey. I'll, 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 I'll let it slide. I'm sure he's a great guy, though. <laughs> um, yeah, I'd say those are those are the ones I'm reading right now. Case for Faith was another good one mm-hmm. that I loved. So. Yeah. yeah. So who do you look up to? I mean, so we look up to guys like you and, and others, of course. Yeah. But I'm curious who you look up to, who are the people that you go to for advice or that you read up on or that you sort of model after? Yeah, you know, the, the guy that got to my attention and my ear that I'll actually seek out is, um, in my realm is Mike Slater. Hmm. You can look up his podcast. Yeah. Um, he is one of the best uh, uh, thinkers in Southern California. I think he's my age. He's, you know, young, uh, yeah, uh, early 30s. Um, he's got an yeah. AM radio show in the middle of the afternoon. He's on, he's, he's got podcasts, but he's a good Christian and he's a patriot. And he, he, he really loves our country. He knows, he knows how to blend those two very well. And he, he gives the why. A lot of commentators only give the result. Don't do this or do this. Democrats do this. Liberals do this. Conservatives do this. He says the why behind it, the yeah. meaning behind it. Um, so I, Mike Slater, Bill Wells, like I said, Brian Jones, um, these these men. Mark Hoffman, our pastor. But um, I'm going to stick with Mike as, as a guy that I look up to a lot. Cool. Yeah. yeah. Um, what do you look forward to in, in the coming years and in the future? And yeah, getting a win in twenty twenty, baby. <laughs> getting a win. Um, getting the W. Yeah, getting the W. Um, no, I'm excited to build my family. You know, um, I really want. We want more kids, so we're working on that right now. Um, I'm excited to uh, build my business so I can give more money to the kingdom per to kingdom purposes, plural uh, fill businesses, businesses. Yeah. Build my businesses. Yeah. I'm actually yeah, working on building another business right now, but, um, I want to build my biz- businesses so they can give every time I get a sale or I get a new account. It's like, awesome. Now I'm taking that money and it's being purposed to kingdom purposes now. Every sale, it's like, all right, whatever they were spending on, the that's going to burn. You know, the other people that get mm-hmm. the profit. I'm okay. We're helping out youth venture. We're helping out this ministry, that's that awesome. ministry. Um, and then, um, yeah, I, I'm going against a socialist uh, for my election. He's really? a devout socialist. And for El Cajon City Council. El Cajon City Council. Really? I mean, he's got the sickle and cross background on his profile for Facebook, like no just way. twisted, dude. And so it's like, I look at her backgrounds, like, you know, I have the American flag on my heart and he's got the hammer and sickle. I feel like Rocky <laughs> and uh, in, in Rocky four fighting, <laughs> Go you know, bro, like this is evil ideologies. Mm. And so I want to win. Wow. I, I need to win. We need to win. Um, mm. So, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to the, building good. my family and the election in 2020. Cool. Yeah. Mm. Um, if you could say one thing to the next generation of Christian men, what would it be? Um, I feel like Christian men, um, get jammed up thinking that they're not following the Lord close enough and they're not doing a good enough job, especially good men that are listening to podcasts, podcasts like this. And, um, they think that they're not good enough. Um, and I, I just, one of the best pieces of advice someone gave me was, um, God's already given you the tools to make decisions. 
you, you have what it takes. Um, you have wisdom. If you don't have it, you already know how to seek it out. You're, you're seeking wisdom currently. You're reading your Bible. You're submitted to authority. You're submitted to the Lord. I see a lot of these guys get jammed up, and, and they're just not sure of themselves. And, and um, you got to walk in some confidence. You, know, yeah. you got you to you uh, strap up your boots and go engage in the world and say, no, I, I am a good man. I'm doing what the Lord tells me to. See yourself as that person and go step into the world and change it. Um, I I got jammed up not thinking I was good enough. I know a lot of my buddies are like, oh, is this the way I'm supposed to go? This and that. But go 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 change the world. You, compared to what the men, the other men that are out there, the the defilers and the fornicators and the sinners and just the gross grossness out in the world, you you are qualified for more positions yeah. than you think you are. Yeah. So yeah. Um, if people want to follow you and even donate to your campaign, how can they do that? Um, it, just go to my Facebook page and message me. I don't have my campaign website up. Yeah, it's new. It's but not up, but it'll it will. I have the domain. It will be www.electphilortiz.com. Okay. Cool. And so I'm going to use that as my campaign page for all future campaigns. Okay. So electphilortiz.com. All right. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that'll probably will by the time this publishes. <laughs> hopefully, you'll have it live. Yeah. yeah. We'll put that in the show notes. Yeah. Uh, so you can find it. It's uh, electphilortiz.com. Yeah, and I'll probably scare away most of your listeners. So I apologize <laughs> for that <laughs> at all. Advance. <laughs> awesome. Well, thanks, Phil, for yeah, s- thanks, so much man. for coming on and for sharing your wisdom with us. Um, it's been a pleasure just to be able to steal an hour and so of your time. Um, but it's been fantastic. Truly, thank you. You guys are great guys. Keep it up. Thanks, bro. All right. Talk to you later.